serves. This is Sir Gene with your morning update in the afternoon. This interview was pre-recorded prior to the Apple announcement about podcasting. But other than that, I think all the information is quite interesting. And I really do think that this is one of the best UX examples of any podcasting app. Hope you enjoy this episode. I'm joined today by Ben Hills, who is the developer of the Anytime Podcast Player app. Ben, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, glad to have you on here. Always good to hear from the developers that are creating the next generation of podcasting products. So your player, the Anytime Podcast Player app, I think I actually complimented you on the UI for that after I looked at it. Yes, you did. And thanks so much for that as well. Good, good to read. It's UI, the place where technology touches the human. So I think it's very important. And I certainly don't want to you know, disparage any other developers out there, but there certainly does seem to be a number of products out there that were created by developers, and I think they assumed their users would only be developers. And so the interface is anything but intuitive. It is certainly figureoutable by somebody, if that's a word, who is a technological person, but not necessarily by somebody who's not a techie. And I think your product is sort of the opposite. It's something that seems like the interface is very clean and easy to understand and use by pretty much anybody that looks at it. Yeah, I always try to keep my design clean and simple, p- partly by design and partly by time constraints. You, you, you've got so much time to work on these things. You want to do the best you can with the features you've got. And in other apps I've done, I've learned that actually a lot of people appreciate having something that's just straightforward and simple. Some people, like developers, do like to have a setting for everything imaginable, but I try and keep the UI simple so you know, anyone can use it, really. That's very important. Now, tell us a little bit about your background. Were you developing apps before this? Do you, do you work as a developer? Or is this just a, a hobby, fa- passion project for you? Give us a, a uh, bit of your background. Yeah, sure. So I'm a developer. 25 years, I've been a professional developer, mainly Java backend, sort of web frontend. And the, the mobile stuff so far has been, been more of a hobby since I discovered Android many years ago and started tinkering with it. I discovered that actually building mobile apps is, is a lot of fun and trying to get something that's useful and in a screen that's very small and a device that's still quite constrained is a is quite a good challenge but yeah so I've, I've been tinkering with android for for a while and then have a love of, love of podcasting i've always fancied building a podcast app but put it off for a few years but then i discovered a while ago this ui toolkit from google called called flutter which is sort of a cross-platform multi-platform toolkit that's you build with dart and in trying that, I thought, this, you know, this is great. You can, you can build from more than one platform. The language is really nice. So I thought, I've been putting off building a podcast player for ages, so let's get on and build it. And I started working on the Anytime Player. Very cool. So your motivator, sounds like, was your own interest in listening to podcasts. And were there features that you just couldn't find in existing apps that you wanted to make sure were in yours? Or what drove you to actually spend the time? And I, I'm sure it's quite a bit of time. It usually is for projects this size to uh, actually create something of your own? Yes, I'd say it's probably taken about a year altogether to get to where it is now. It's been sat in beta for some time and it rolled out to version one this week. It's probably about a year, the first sort of six months sporadically and the last six months, it's all giving it more time. But yeah, I just have a general love of audio, whether it's radio, music, and particularly podcasts. I've listened to podcasts for years and I just thought it would just fancy an idea building my own app to see what it's like to do and if I could build something that other people would like and want to use. And then with the 
podcasting 2.0 that's come along and all the extra features and that sort of give me more motivation to put in some of these features just to make it that little bit different. 1.0 just released and you've been working on this about a year. So you're doing it as a hobby, uh, sort of part-time. What would just give us a general estimate of how many hours that actually translates into? That's a good question. I probably, I suppose every year I probably spend probably the last six months is all three or four hours a week. Nothing too huge, but enough to add up. But it's been good fun, particularly the last few months putting in some of these different features for the podcasting 2.0 it's kept it's all kept me motivated and kept it interesting um, and which of the podcasting two features are currently supported by the anytime player so at the moment you can it supports the the keyword search on the podcast index so you can switch between itunes which is what i started with or, or the podcast index it supports the, the funding links and the chapters currently and when you're saying the, the searching feature, you're talking about searching not just for the name of the podcast, but actually for the content inside? Or At the moment, it's just the keywords. So okay. it's just the sort of the basics, basic, basic search. But now that it's out, I can start looking more at the API as a whole and see what else I can bring in. Because it. It, yeah, it'd be great if I could, could search content and people and that sort of thing. Well, with the number of podcasts that are starting to include the transcript, like mine does for sure, it certainly opens up the possibilities a lot more for podcasting apps or even just search engines in general, being able to bring results back that are coming from the content of the podcast, not necessarily the name or even the index. Yes, and I think it gives the the, the sort of smaller podcast apps sort of an edge and something different that that makes you want to go to them rather than the... The, the big ones, the, the Apple Player and the Google Podcast Player, that probably won't do any of these features for some time. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think there's less incentive for the players that already exactly. have large market share and come pre-bundled with, with every hardware device you buy. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but the smaller podcasting apps can certainly differentiate themselves by including a lot of these features. So is there any particular area that you found to be more difficult than other while creating this app? Is it pretty straightforward to do the actual playback? Where, where did you end up spending the most time trying to figure things out? What I spent the most time on was getting the player to work, whether it's in the foreground or in the background. Actually, the, the fiddliest bit was getting to remember the position of every episode you've listened to. That was, that was one thing I, I wanted to put in. And a, a lot of comments I see from other podcast apps is that I might remember the position the one you're currently listening to but maybe you've got 10 in a queue or you flick between them i want to make sure it remembers the position of every episode you're listening to but actually that was quite tricky trying to make sure it works hmm. when the app's in the foreground or your lock screen's on or your phone switched off but the rest of it is being progressive it's just taken time so the, the flutter framework is is great but it's still relatively new so when i first started working on any time the first thing i needed to do was have some way of searching initially the itunes api but there was no library in Dart for searching for podcasts. The first thing I needed to do was build this library to do the searching and put that out. Oh, wow. And then having then having done that, I discovered that perhaps some RSS feeds don't store the length of the episode in the item tag, so you don't know how long it is. So then I had a library that would interrogate the metadata of the MP3. So it, it took a little while to get started because I had to actually build the libraries that would then support the Anytime Player. So it yeah. took a little while to get going, but most of it's been quite, I wouldn't say straightforward, but nothing apart from the saving the position of episodes, nothing too challenging. Now, you mentioned that the Flutter platform is cross-platform. 
So is the Anytime Player both iOS and Android or just Android? Just at the moment, it's just it's on Android. Okay. Yeah, I'm, it won't take much to get it working on iOS. Um, um, is that in your future plans? It is in my perhaps longer term plans. The only, the only downside with iOS is that you need a Mac to build it on. You, you need Apple hardware. With Android, you can build it on a PC, Linux, Mac, anything you like. But with iOS, you need to have Mac hardware, Got which it. I don't have. And I haven't quite taken the plunge yet to uh, to, to, to spend the money on getting a Mac and the yeah. developer account and everything just to essentially well, give I, Apple I tell away. you that M1 chip-based uh, Mac Mini is a hell of a deal at the so price point. Uh, yeah, it uh, sounds pretty good, yeah. The performance so of that thing is, you're, it's like a $1,500, $2,000 PC level <laughs> performance. That's right. But yeah, it's on my radar, but actually there are other things that are more interesting. You can also build Flutter for the web. It's mm. not quite interesting me having a version that runs in your browser or perhaps mm-hmm. a desktop app. Or the other day I managed to get it running on an Amazon Fire Stick, so you can, it was a bit crude, but you could have it on your TV. So there are other platforms that are, that are interesting. I just haven't yet decided which one to pursue first. Yeah. yeah. And certainly I think along with the other podcast or app developers that I've spoken with, when you've got a really it's a project you're doing aside from your main day job and so the amount of time that you're able to dedicate to the the further development is limited and you want to make sure you pick wisely where you spend your That's time right, yeah yeah for example have you thought about adding the the value payment system the bitcoin payments to them some of the podcasting apps are starting to do I, I haven't yet. No, that may be longer term. That's, there is essentially a, a version of any time that sort of does that. So, so sort of, to backtrack slightly, what introduced me to the whole podcasting 2.0 was I received an email at the blue, at the beginning of the year from Roy over at, at, at Breeze and said, Adam Curry and Dave James are doing this, this great work up here on podcasting 2.0. We've got this Breeze, you know, lightning wallet and payment system. And we really want to bring in podcasting. We've seen your app. It's open source and we would like to integrate it into Breeze as a library. You know, would you like to support us on this journey? So I had, a, you know, looked at the podcasting 2.0, looked at the lightning because I hadn't heard of that and thought, yeah, yeah, that sounds really interesting. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. So actually, so so really, actually the Breeze podcasting feature is actually your player. Yeah. So they take, so the some work I've done and some, a lot of the pull requests and work that they've done over in Breeze allows them to use anytime as a library and then to do the core, if you like, podcast parts and then all the clever bits the bits that's built over my head to do with lightning they then add on mm. so it's so yeah so when you look at breeze you might think oh actually yeah that looks familiar because some of it is based on any time and some of it's their own right enhancements to work with lightning so i suppose technically there is a version of any time out there that can do that but yeah no, think, that's so at, that's why so at the moment i'm gonna leave that to the breeze guys because they they I mean they're sure they're you could ask them to create a library that does <laughs> the bitcoin that you can integrate into your player well i think that's what they want to do eventually because all their stuff is open source right so you know they're, they're putting it out there for anybody to look at but short term i'll leave it to them because they nailed it it's and certainly my experience in playing with lightning for this for the podcasting 2.0 stuff is very much showing that the infrastructure is as much, if not more, of a struggle than the coding portion of it because yeah. very little is documented. There's a lot of examples, but there's very little documentation. So you really end up having to either just build things and then run them and have them crash and then try and figure out why they're crashing 
or hopefully you can find other groups of people to, to talk to other developers that have done this in the past that can point you in the right direction on things. But if you just want to read documentation, it's virtually impossible. Uh, pretty much every product just says we're in beta. The documentation is forthcoming at some point in the yeah. future. Yeah, yeah, it's also in beta, but it's very interesting. And seeing some of the comments that have been sent to Breeze when they put out the the laptop last beta, people are really excited about being able to pay for pay for the podcast they love. So now, are they going to keep integrating your features and doing pulls as you update your code into Breeze? Do you know? I would imagine so. Yeah. Okay. So we should be able to see, and I'll, I'll be speaking with Roy shortly as well, but it sounds like we'll be able to see the benefits of your future developments through their app as well. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. Well, very cool. So in working with them, have you have you ended up changing the way that you're, you built your podcast player? Have you found that there are better ways to do things? A lot of the changes they've submitted and things they've suggested have been some UI tweaks, which have been great. They've, they've suggested you know, perhaps mm-hmm. different icons, different fonts. So they give, they've given it a bit, of, a bit of polish. But it hasn't been too bad. No, a lot of it is the sort of stock anytime. And then the changes we've made is to allow them to implement certain parts with their own code. But, it, but it's been quite a straightforward experience. And the guys over at Breeze have been there. It really good. Very cool. All right. That makes sense. As far as the, the now that you're at 1.0, what is the next feature that you're working on? Give us a little preview of what's going to be in version 1.1. Okay. So at the moment, yes, this is version 1.0 and it works, but it is still quite a, a basic player. There are a few things I'd like to add. So in the core stuff, I'd like to add some sort of playlist support. So at the moment, you play an episode, but it's just one at a time. So I'd like to add some sort of queuing thing, as you would expect in any sort of other podcasting app to be able to queue up a, a whole load of episodes similarly at the moment when you go into a podcast listing if you want to fetch the latest episode you have to do a sort of full day on the pull to refresh action to force it so i'm looking at perhaps adding auto updates so either for all some podcasts it will just pick up episodes and overnight or at some specified time so it will keep the feed fresh rather than you having to do it and then there are some other tags in the podcasting 2.0 i'd like to implement perhaps like the person tag, add seasoned episodes. So those are four things that I'm looking at at the moment. Okay, uh, yeah. And the seasons is going to be interesting because like my type of podcast, I really don't have a a need for a seasons tag. But I think a lot of podcasts that go into one area for a number of episodes and then shift focus and go into something else, for them, seasons makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I see it as a way of also to filter the episodes. So if you've got a feed with hundreds of episodes and you can tie them to a season and have some sort of filter, say, show me season one, show me season two, or some sort of subject to help find the episodes you want, I think I could, they could be used, very useful tags. Okay. So can I give you a, a suggestion? And I've made this to a number of different podcasting yeah, apps. Sure. And, and I hope my suggestions will end up being a standard, frankly. And here, so here's a suggestion. How you have the skip forward and skip back buttons. And for many years, we've had a skip forward 30 seconds, skip back 30 seconds button. That's been the most common. Sometimes it's 15 seconds, but usually it's 30 seconds forward or back. What I found is much more useful. And I didn't create this, but I found this in one app. And I thought this is brilliant. Everybody should be doing this. Is instead of doing 30 forward and back, or whatever the same amount of time is to do 30 forward and then 10 seconds back. 10 back, yeah. Yeah. Because having that asymmetric relationship saves you a lot of clicks 
and frustration of finding just the start of something. And usually you're looking for the start of whatever the start of the thing is. And so if you click the same amount forward and back, you'll keep clicking forward until you overpass it. And then you have to click on the back button. And Murphy's law is that you're not going to click to right where it starts when you click that back button. You're going to click 27 seconds before it starts. Yes. And, yes. and so having a smaller value back than forward, I really believe is the, uh, the best way to do it with, to effectively have the least clicks and, and the biggest chance of actually hitting what it is you're looking for. So I would very yeah, much yeah. encourage you, along with all the other podcasting apps, to adopt that as the standard. I would agree with that. That's something I've looked at myself because, as you say, you hit, you want to try and find a, a spot. You want to go forward 30, but back, not, you know, back a bit less to find the bit you're looking for. So my idea was to have a value in settings to say, go forward 10, 30, 60 and say, and the configure forward and back. And I did have it working, except for some, for some reason it only worked when you started an episode. So for whatever reason you decided to change it halfway through, it wouldn't pick it up. But yeah, I, I agree. It'd be much, much better if you can have an adjustable forward and back to help find the spot you want yeah yeah and certainly adding into the options what those values are is great and techie people will utilize that but you also want to just for regular folks that are never going to go and and tweak the options i think just have that as a good standard from the get-go the Uh, the other thing you do is the the slider if you on any time anyway if you drag if you Tap and hold the slider, it's like dragging it around. It'll tell you where you are mm-hmm. in an episode. So you can drag it across and let go. So oh, I haven't tried specific, that. Okay. Yeah, if you that's, want to go to a spe- cool. specific point, you can yeah, you can drag it across and it'll show you the time as you drag it. And you can just let go and not carry on. Yeah. No, that's a good idea as well. And it, having loaded up so many podcasting apps on both my iPhone and my Android <laughs> over the last few weeks in preparation for doing this week of interviews that I'm doing, they do start to meld in my head into who's got what and how yeah. are they different. And a lot of them have very similar things. Like when there's an episode playing, it's usually there's a bar towards the bottom with the image of the episode uh, and it's playing, but it's not a hundred percent. It's not a, a mandated standard. So for some of them, they'll, that piece will be missing. And then intuitively I click on whatever is down there thinking it's just every other app and then, oh, wait, it's different for this app. It doesn't do the same function. Typically, I think the behavior is certainly the way it's been for me in the past is you do a little bit of searching, you download a few apps, you try them out, you see what works and then you stick with one for the next few years. Yeah, yeah. More more typical, I think, uh, behavior. But podcasting 2.0 with the new set of features that are starting to be included I think it's going to force a lot of people to reset, to relook at their choices. I know I've had to do that. The app I've been using on my iPhone for ages that I actually paid for was Overcast, and it had a great UI, which was one of the reasons I really started using it. But Overcast has also been extremely slow in adding podcasting 2.0 features. I think it only supports one or two of them and uh, no word from the developer on anything coming down the pipe. Consequently, it's made me have to start looking again because I, I do, having a podcast that supports all the features, a podcast that I'm creating that literally utilizes every feature available in podcasting 2.0, it, it would be pretty silly for me to be still using an app that doesn't let me see things in my own podcast. Yeah, that's right. I agree. And, and having things like now we have chapters. I don't know how we did without them for so long. Right. I can't go back now. You know, any app I try now, it's got, it's got to have chapters in it because that's a really useful 
feature, even if I'm not going to skip chapters, I can at least see what's coming up. I know exactly what's going on. Yeah, and I really did not like the idea of chapters initially. I think I've got some posts very much against chapters saying, this is ridiculous. I don't want people grabbing clips. They, They ought to be listening to the whole podcast because the whole podcast sort of forms an idea from start to finish, at least for my podcast and the way that I do it. And so I was very opposed to the idea of chapters, but what really sold me on chapters, I have to say, is the changing of the image. Because now all of a sudden, whatever I'm speaking about, y- you can have a visual reference for it on screen as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and the links. I think the links would use yes. with it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and I'm very curious. I'd love to find some stats on how many people actually click on links. Because I, I certainly put them in there when they're available, but I... When I listen to podcasts, my phone is usually in my pocket. And if I pull it out and I'm looking at the images, certainly that's more interaction. And that maybe happens half the time. But rarely do I want to click on something else because the way I I consume podcasts. And I understand not everybody does this the same way, but the way I typically do it is while working on something else or while eating lunch or like it's an add-on activity, not the primary activity. Yeah, I'm the same. I, it, you know, my device is in my pocket. Quite often, if I go for a walk, I've got no signal anyway. But what I tend to do is I'll, I'll listen to the listen to the podcast and think, oh, yeah, that was interesting. I'll go, I'll go back to that. And now you've got chapters, I can think, well, I can go back and find that particular spot. And at that point, I can then click through the links afterwards. So I sort of consume it first right. and then go back by the chapters afterwards. And, and yeah, yeah. And that's a very good. And, and also emailing people certain portions of the podcast because I have a lot of friends that just they tell me, just don't send me any more podcasts because I, I just won't have time to listen anyway. But if I send them a link and specifically say, start at chapter four, and just that's the thing that I was really wanting you to hear, they're a lot more likely to actually just listen to chapter four than... If I just give them like, listen, 30 minutes in, it was like, oh, I'm not going to yeah. spend the time to scroll back and forth 30 seconds until I get to 30 minutes in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Let's just talk a little bit about what you think podcasting 2.0 is going to move towards, because certainly with the changes that are happening right now, we've already had a lot of things introduced to the podcasting standards, but it's still in progress. There's still updates being proposed. There's still uh, opportunity for people to suggest new features and changes so there's room to grow what do you think is going to be coming into podcasting 2.0 potentially at least that isn't in there already good question some of those things that we talked about recently have been quite interesting sort of recommendations tag that's been sort of talked about a lot trailers tag so sort of stuff that's been discussed already i've been following but in terms of where do i think it's going i don't, I don't know this there are so many things you could add to it, really. Can, well, that's the beauty of having this opportunity for the standard to be updated is it gives us a chance to think about what are all the things we wish were in there that haven't been up to this. Like uh, a tag that I'm a, a big supporter of that I added in, and hopefully it'll make it to the final version of the standard, is a recommended speed tag. I think I just called it speed. Oh, yeah. be- because uh, like I, I have a comment in my podcast and the description that just the first thing you see is, I recommend listening to this at 1.25x. And originally, when I started the podcast, I was actually doing that acceleration in post-production and then putting up the episode already slightly accelerated. And uh, Adam Curry is actually the guy that kind of talked me out of that. He says, it's, it really should be up to the people. 
So it's okay for you to recommend what it should be and what you would have put it at if you were doing it in post, but not everybody is going to necessarily want to process data any faster than it's recorded. And some people are going to want to slow it down. Other people are going to be wanting to speed it up a lot more than 1.25. They might want to listen to 2x. So you never know. And with most apps having that functionality, I think yours does as well, it's important to allow the the person to control that. But I still think it, like I have an opinion on how fast would be the right speed. And having the ability to preset that speed and then the person can certainly tweak it from there up or down. But if, if I can have a tag in that the podcast player reads the first time the episode's loaded, that would certainly translate my recommendation directly to the user. Yeah, I can see you. I mean, me personally, I'm very much, yeah, listen, listen to it at normal speed. Okay, so um, you're I, like 100% I, I, gay. Yeah, I've tried listening faster, but I can't. 1.25 maybe, but most of the time I like it at normal speed. Okay. Yeah, any, any time player got up to two speed and some comments I've seen recently requesting some players got up to, up to three times the speed. I wouldn't know how you'd listen to that, but yeah, yeah very th- much. Three X would be funny. And I, I have a clip of Ben uh, Shapiro actually saying, of course, if you really want to understand what I'm saying, you need to listen to 0.75. And I don't know if you're familiar with Ben, but Ben has a reputation for being an extremely fast stalker. So like his 100% is like most people's 125 or, you know, 1.5 speed. So I think uh, maybe some people will slow down. But for me, what I found is that the clearer the speech that I'm listening to, the faster I can listen to it with full comprehension. And this has been done in studies formally as well, is that people's comprehension speed is much faster than their ability to speak. Like most people just never learn to speak at the rate at which they can hear. And you could, it wouldn't take much for you to get up to 200%. It would feel weird because you're not used to it, but your ears and brain are fully capable of understanding everything in there. Now, if you're consuming podcasting as a sort of a side activity along with focusing on something else, then you'll probably not want to listen to 2x. But I still find that listening at exactly 100% at at 1.0, it just feels like things are dragging on. And so for most podcasts, I will listen between one and a quarter and one and a half. But for audiobooks, I always listen at 2x or faster because the people that are speaking in those audiobooks, they are professional narrators. They're super easy to understand. These people have spent their lives learning how to speak clearly. So yes. everything you hear is supposed to be there and, and what's not supposed to be there, you just don't hear. And consequently, it's easier to listen to that at, at higher speeds. People that have not spent their lives learning how to be very precise and clear in their speech. Oh, maybe I need to push that slider up then. I'll, I'll give it a try. You don't have to, but I think you certainly could if you wanted to. And it's, yeah. it really is... I think for most people, what the experience will be like is it will sound a little weird, a little strange, but what you realize after just five or 10 minutes is that you're still getting 100% of everything that they're saying. Yeah, yeah. You're not really losing anything. And the flip side is you guys like Adam absolutely thinks everything should be listened to at 100% because he, when he speaks, and he's a radio guy, right? He's been doing this for pretty much his whole life, is speaking into a microphone uh, and his idea is the way that I produce it is the way it ought to be consumed. It, that nobody should be messing around with it. And my counterexample that I used with him is, okay, well, that's fair enough. 
So it, I've written several books, and typically most writers, when they're writing nonfiction, they'll take somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes per page of a book to write. How fast do you read books, Adam? Because And I, I say that smiling because I know he's a speed reader. So yeah. he actually will read a book in one day quite often. He used to do book reviews like that because it was so quick and easy for him to read books. So if you're going to read the book so much faster than the book is written, but yet you prevent somebody from listening to you faster than the speed with which you speak, I don't know. That seems a little odd. I guess it's each their own. Yeah. Yeah. It's a preference ultimately. And as yeah. long as you comprehend at whatever speed you're comfortable with, I think that's the important part. And, and ultimately, most podcasts are there to entertain you. They'll maybe inform you a little bit as well, but certainly mine is, I consider to be mostly entertainment and whatever you learn while you're being entertainment is a bonus. All right. Well, we've talked a little bit about your app and about you and your experience and then certainly touched on some of the podcasting 2.0 features and future. Is there anything that I hadn't brought up that you think would be interesting to the listeners or at the very least to let us know where people can find your app? Sure. If you want to find my app, the it's yeah, it's on the Google Play Store. So just search for Anytime Podcast Play. You should find it there. And all the source code is uh, on GitHub at Java, which is my handle. So it's all in there. So what's the handle again? Mug of Java. As, a mug as of... My, my day job is a Java developer, so right. I have to remember the handle at some point. So I thought so a mug of Java. Nice. Okay. Very cool. And nothing else that you think we have covered that you want to touch on? No, I think I think we're good. All right, perfect. I appreciate you coming on. This has been a pleasure. And as I mentioned before, I think that the app is very much worth checking out. The UI is absolutely brilliant. And uh, I've learned now that it was so good that the Breeze developers actually ended up using uh, your code to add podcasting to their app. So that's very cool. Yeah, it's been, it's been good fun doing that. This episode has been brought to you by a couple of anonymous donators being people that are donating under $50 range. I should nonetheless say that I'm very appreciative of all donations coming in, not just donations coming in from people that are willing to donate larger amounts that will have their names specifically listed on the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. There are several more interviews to come. And then I will resume my more standard podcasts where you will hear more of me speaking about political topics, philosophy, and news. And as always, thanks for joining me. Please do keep in mind that nothing in this podcast represents financial, legal, or medical advice. 